everyone reads comics a little differently, don't they? I think I do, at least. I am somebody who enjoys binge watching a lot. Netflix, right. you know, you know, the show comes out. I don't like to be titillated too much. Just the same with comics. Just a little bit. Ryan likes being titillated. All the time. You like it when I say that word. I do. I can tell your eyes kind of get a little glossy. My eyes get titillated. That's right. So something that happens is I like to like save my comics till I have like a batch to read. Yes. And then I read it all at once. Yes. I'm forgetful. I don't know if that's why you do it. If I read an issue of a comic and I have to wait four weeks for the next chapter, I'll forget what happened before. So then I have to read the one I read last time before I read the new one. And then I'm just rereading it. So I just wait. I wait till I have like six, seven, like a good, a good run sure. of a story. And then I sit down and I read it and then I find out, oh, this sucks. I shouldn't have got six issues of this comic book. So it's, you know, it's got its ups and downs, but we're both kind of the same. It seems like we binge our comics. I want to know from the comic fam, how do you read your comics? Are you someone that has to get to their LCS on Wednesday and crack open that next issue because you can't wait? Or are you a batch reader like a lot of us? Comment in the comment section below. Let me know. And also hit the subscribe button while you're down there. I'm holding a Mignola Batman figure for a reason, Ryan. Interesting. I thought you were just fidgeting. No, no, no. Well, I am fidgeting. But this right here, you know, I love Mignola. I love Batman. I actually, I sit next to the first Mignola Batman right there. Detective 583. However, we're talking about Batman today. We're talking about comic books that we're reading, ones that we're stoked about. That's your transition here. It's, it's okay. going to work. Weekly polls is right. what we're calling this. We're talking about comics that we are reading right now that you may or may not be checking out. We're not going to dive too deep into spoiler talk. No, it's going to be more about the run in general. This is a new show, right? This is a new thing we're going to try, but we've got three different runs. Yeah. Is that the word you want to I'd use? I'd call them runs. I guess we can call them runs. We Universes? picked three different comic series, and we're going to talk about them. That's right. We got Walking Dead on deck. We got right. Batman, Tinyan to discuss, as well as Far Sector, super surprised. So the first thing I want to chat about with you, Ryan, is Negan Lives. Cool. Have you read this comic, fam? Let me know in the comment section below. I have. I read it this morning. Yeah, but you haven't read a lot of Walking Dead. I am not a fan of Walking Dead. You read the first how many issues? I was into it up until uh, the end of the prison. Okay. The You know, the conflict with Woodbury, or Woodbury and the governor and, and that whole city he made. And I, I was on board for all that. And then he assaulted the prison and it got overrun. And then they had to leave. And then I realized this is just going to be a book of people finding a place, settling down, something going wrong them having to escape, find a new place, people die, they get new people to join their team, and it just kind of cycles over and over and over, and there's not really going to be an end. And Robert Kirkman went on record several times and saying, I'm just going to keep going until I decide to stop. And that didn't sit with me. I need I need an ending. Like, stories need to end. Well, he ended it at he, 194. He did. And now I think... 193, excuse me. He ended at 193. So I, I think now that it's officially over, I'm going to go back and actually read the whole thing. Sure. Not yet. I'm going to give it some time, but... I'll get through it eventually. But so, yeah, for me, Negan Lives was a pretty, I was basically jumping in with cold feet. I, I, I gave up on Walking Dead around whenever the prison was. Okay. 30, 40, 50 issues. I don't remember the number. Well, what a lot of you may not know, especially you, Ryan, since you didn't even get to this part of it, the Negan run ends and it's like right around 174, 170, right around there. And then we didn't hear about Negan for, for a long time. I mean, he didn't come back into the story by the end of it. It was kind of alluding that maybe he was dead, but Robert Kirkman made it very clear at the end of 193 that no, 
hey, just so you know, the, the world of Walking Dead may be over, maybe re- finished writing about Carl and Rick, but Negan lives. And then they just sneak out a nice little one shot called Negan Lives is extremely, uh, I like I like the synchronicity there, tying it together. That's right. So the first thing that I'll chat about as far as Negan goes is this is actually a really good introduction to the character because he really doesn't get his due in the comic run in its entirety. You don't really learn a whole about Negan. He's essentially like the Joker of the Walking Dead world. He's sadistic. He's crazy. He's unpredictable. He's powerful. He's violent. I read the first issue, 100, where he pops in and smashes Glenn with a hammer, uh, not with a hammer, with a baseball bat. Lucille. And, and yeah, exactly. And that's that's the only, that was the last issue of Walking Dead I read. So this is all new to me, basically. And I, yeah, it was, it was a good intro to the character. I don't, I'm not a, you know, a person who really cares that much about foul language. I have a very potty mouth myself, but I thought Negan was a little too... You thought it was too much? Loose with the F word. Oh, my gosh. I, I think at a certain point, it just sounds like you're trying to be cool. Like Lobo. That's the impression I get with Lobo. Like someone who's trying to be cool, so I'm going to throw out some swear words. I feel like there's a place for the vulgarity because he is so bad. He's right. such a dark character. And this run, this issue, is an introduction that I feel like was missing in The Walking Dead issues. And you find out more about Negan, I feel like, in these pages and really any one single story that I can remember in The Walking Dead. And I found it incredibly fun. This could be a one-shot. It really could. This could just be a a fun little thing to consider that, yes, post-Walking Dead, we find out what happened to Negan. He's still got a quest. I really like the idea of a one-shot popping in and exploring what happens after the end of a series that's over. Like I, I think that's a really cool idea for Walking Dead for Negan specifically, but I think it'd be kind of cool to follow up and see, you know, what some of the other survivors, people who made it out of the end of that storyline, what are they like, you know, X amount of time into the future. I wasn't exactly clear on when this book took place either. I don't know if they clarified that specifically. Was it after the end of the actual main Walking Dead story? Or do you think it was like a, like a side thing that was happening alongside them? Were there any like... Not that I saw. Okay. Yeah, this could be post his last appearance in the run and Rick could be alive. So like, let's say that that this continues, there could be more story to us to once plot we thought was finished. However, it's not necessary. No. The thing I like about this character development of Negan, you really see that for as powerful and as dark as he is, there is an aspect of him that is very weak. He doesn't want to live. He doesn't want to survive. He wants to be killed and can't do it himself. It's like the one area where he almost pities himself about that he just can't end it himself. Someone else needs to do it. That's kind of like the requirement because he is unable to go through with it. It makes for an interesting and kind of, you, can, you can't help but kind of root for somebody like that. And in the, in the face of the zombie apocalypse, I know like for me, if it happened, I would just walk outside and be like, cool, I'm done. I'm not even going to try to survive in this world. Like, <laughs> uh, whatever the opposite I have I have of Negan, like the just cynical nihilism, like, screw it, I'm not even going to try to defend this world. Like, but I'm Ryan, out. there's a cure. It looks like there's going to be hope. Nope. Nope. It's like the mist. I'm not going to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to go through all that mist stuff in the grocery store. Just like, let me walk out with the, t- with the rope around my stomach and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. But Negan's got a cool survival instinct that I think sets him apart. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to explore that guy's standalone adventures in this world. And even if there is no Negan Lives Chapter 2, I'm kind of cool with it. 
I, at the very least, am grateful that we got one more Negan scene of him just bashing people to death. Yes. It is so grotesque. And I'm not going to spoil it because we're not doing that on this show. But this book's worth reading to find out how he takes care of people who attack him. Even if you're like me and you're not a big Walking Dead person, I think this one gets a pass. One that gets an absolute pass that I recommend to every single member as someone who is not really a Green Lantern fan until this week, dude. I'm all in, brother. Far Sector. Let's chat about Far Sector. Is this the potentially best Green Lantern story to have come out in recent time? Depends on what you mean by recent, but sure. Yeah. You have a tattoo of the Green Lantern. I do. So please explain, based off of <sighs> what we've read, your opinions on this run versus just past Green Lantern stories, because this is special. This is special. Green Lantern, like any superhero comic, is like an ongoing comic book that's had you know, ebbs and flows over the greater part of the last century, so there's a lot of backstory and continuity to kind of keep straight in your head i feel like i'm reading a legion of superhero story whenever i crack open a green lantern green lantern in particular is a pretty dense kind of like side mythology that you really have to kind of jump in with both feet or just not at all what species are we dealing with what color lanterns are we dealing with wait what are the different powers and why do they act the way they do because of the colors where are we Uh, Where are the other heroes? Oh, there are other heroes that are going to be here. And they're all in space flying around. What can I even see? Who is that person? Oh, and they're integral to the story. I get lost. Right. It's very easy to get overwhelmed. But this goes in a completely different part of the universe. So you've got the Green Lantern are basically, they've been referred to as space police before. They kind of have... All of the uh, all of the universe, I guess, is divided up into various sectors. Like our police have precincts and you know districts and stuff. So the universe is divided into three thousand six hundred sectors, and our main character Joe is the Green Lantern of some sector that isn't even part of you know the three thousand six hundred that we are aware of. She's in so some... far away. Yes, and that right there opens up the narrative that I think hasn't been told by for a green lantern to this book the key to this book is setting it somewhere out of bounds basically so she's not running into you know she's not interacting with superman or like batman or somebody in this comic there's no tie-ins there's no green lantern corpse there's no green lanterns of any other kind she's the only green lantern here it's 12 issues and it's done so it's a it's a little nice little mini series it's self-contained i'm getting a naomi vibe in this man it helps that it's drawn by the same person. Oh, what? Jamal Was Campbell. It? Jamal Campbell, dude. This guy is so sick, man. Yes. Like, honestly, I heard when when the previews came out and there was like, oh, new Green Lantern comic. I was interested. I saw 12-issue miniseries. I'm like, oh, cool. That sounds interesting. Drawn by Jamal Campbell from Naomi. I'm like, ordering two. Subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm Variants, done. I want them all. I didn't have to read what it was about. Uh, anything like that. Like, he draws so well. And especially in this comic, Compared to other Green Lantern artists, the way he draws the things that they create with their ring. Did you notice her nails in the Green Lantern uh, power punch that she does? No. Like the extended green hand from the ring. Well, that's like, you know, everyone uses the big fist. The big fist. But did you notice the nails, the detail that she's got like this manicure in the punch? You can see her nails like, oh, man, they that's like just a really good touch, man, Mm because like I'm noticing stuff like that. Yeah, the uh, the whole thing it it does it does strangely give off a Naomi vibe in more ways than one. Well, we're chatting about a sci-fi 
crime story. It really is. And I, I said space police before, and they've used Green Lantern. They've called that a space police story before, but mostly it was just it was there was it was them flying around fighting other things and it was it was way too cosmic and it felt kind of like like Thomas saying confusing and all over the place far sector is very much a police story she's investigating a murder that happened in a place that doesn't really have murder or like emotions or crime it spent a long time right over a hundred years with of no murders in this particular part of the universe mm -hmm. and she's investigating the first murder which coincidentally leads to two murders. It's a whole thing. These things always, in stories, they always escalate and blow up into bigger investigations. And it's her first Green Lantern investigation, too. So she's a rookie. And everyone in this world that she's interacting with, none of them really have any exposure to, like, horrible, violent murders or crimes like this. So it's all it's all overwhelming for everybody. And it's it makes it interesting to read. We're chatting about, like, kind of sci-fi and, and criminal, uh, like, fiction here. But there's also, I'm kind of getting like a Lone Ranger vibe here. She's like the only person it's there. It's like a sheriff in the Wild West. You, did you get that like a little the bit? Lone, the lone sense of justice in a, in, a, in a crazy, unpredictable kind of world. Dude, N.K. Jemison. Yes. Science fiction author. You Coming tell. over to comic books. And yes, we need more authors. Sean McGuire, anybody? Ghost Spider? Mm -hmm. Authors, like Hugo Award winning authors in the comic game writing because it translates so well, man. She can hold a narrative and I'm hooked. And here's the fun thing. She went on record to talk about how she didn't even really know a whole lot about the Green Lantern, like, you know, you mythos. Also, you can also kind of tell. Like, it helps because it's very friendly to new people who Does aren't familiar. Does that ever happen? Not Where you I like, I don't really know what's going like on with this whole thing, but I'm going to write about it. Yeah. I mean, think of like Bendis and Superman. Like he knows sure. Superman and people are like, nah, he don't know Superman enough. She went on record and was like, yeah, I like watched the cartoon, you know? But when Gerard Way tells you, hey, I got a good idea. You take that comic book and you make it happen. Young Animals, this is all part of that Gerard Way, you know, brainchild. He's, he's got an imprint at DC uh, with, uh, I know Doom Patrol is another book mm -hmm. out at Young Animal right now. Uh, Far Sector, I'm forgetting the other ones. Well, he kicked it to her and she took it on. It also helps because the actual Green Lantern ring that she has is different than the normal Green Lantern ring that all the other Green Lanterns in the universe have. There's... You have to recharge from a battery, like a phone. Like you, you charge it up, and the more you use it, the more your energy drains. And then if you have zero percent Green Lantern energy, your rings is useless. It's yeah. just a thing. Go power up. I love right. that they made this change. I know there's probably a lot of Green Lantern peeps that are kind of like, oh, don't. That's not how it's supposed to be. But you know what? She ends up draining her energy, and it slowly real uh, builds back. And right. that type of limitation is something that I need in this character. I don't. I don't care. Oh, you got you, low charge. I'll just charge it up here and everything's good. Like, <laughs> that's not how it's, it's, it's scarier when it's like, she asks her ring, like how much energy is left? And they're like, you're going to need like five days to get back to normal. So, you know, slow down or it just adds a different, like just a little, a little tiny wrinkle to the whole thing that makes, that makes it that much more unpredictable and exciting. She's investigating murders. And I think my favorite part of this run is that aside from all these limitations, because it was purposeful all these limitations are so we have a different green lantern narrative there's so many species in green lantern and in this run she is dealing with helping three different civilizations of species yes this planet she's on is one giant city like billions of people on on this in this one city and it's it's all three aliens so yes on the one hand 
it is very hard sci-fi. There's a lot of strange out there concepts in this comic and, and, and freaky aliens. But on the other hand, there are three species of aliens. So you don't have to learn that much. They're, they're really weird, though. So you yeah. do have to learn something. One of the aliens has a knack for just like wanting to eat other aliens. They're, they're like, like they're hungry. tree people or something, and they have roots. They put down roots, and they like eat people. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. This right? is, like, this is uh, three different civilizations that would never really be able to survive because of how much chaos they would ensue on the you know surrounding populace. However, there is a method in which the societies have banded together. We haven't even talked about that yet. That's like the whole the whole way that their planet works is they have banded together to kind of just not feel. They don't have emotions. Yeah, no emotion. No emotion, you know? no crime. Yeah, imagine a, a population, giant population, where that's their way of handling things. No emotion, no crime, and for... Some time. It, for hundreds of years. I think she said like 500 years or yeah, something. Like a long time it worked until now. And now she's investigating and realizing that a lot of these members of the community are starting to revert. They're starting people to have some get, shady allegiances and there's some kind of backroom dealings going on. And there's this drug that people can take to like feel emotions. So now you're wondering like whether and who's lying to you. And there's it's it works on a bunch of different layers. And it's 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 a lot more than just a Green Lantern comic. Comic is, fam gotta read this i'm stoked and aside from the great narrative fantastic art the story is oddly perfectly timed sure yeah that i didn't even think about there's like a whole there's riots dude there's riots when was this written there's like she literally shows up and there's so many riots and they're like yo you're here we need your help and she's like oh no i'm not i'm not not really here for like something like that and she's like yo yo it's like it's like a billion people (laughs) Like, there's a lot. This is a problem. Like last time we we dealt with riots, we just started killing people. I mean, and it worked. Yeah. And she's like, oh, geez, I got I got to get involved. There's specific issues in this comic where she has to kind of deal with how the police on this planet that she's in, like how they deal with things. And it's weirdly relevant to kind of have a comic book that's addressing police, you know, overreach police violence specifically when it comes to violence against protesters which is like a just randomly weirdly specifically particular thing that's relevant today so and, and what issue are we on now this is issue seven issue of seven 12? i think just, just dropped yeah so we're over halfway done this might actually honestly be better to wait until it's all collected and read it as a trade it's going to read really good as a, as a complete 12 issue binge and even more like naomi she had six seven issues whatever that trade was and then she migrated over to Action Comics and Young Justice, and now Naomi is like an integrated part of the DC universe. I'm wondering if something similar may not happen to Joe here, and you know she could maybe, maybe at the end of issue twelve, she'll like run into one of the Green Lanterns that we do know or something, and somehow get roped into the main series. And I don't know, it'd be cool. I'd like to see something additional happen with her after issue twelve is over. I'm just curious as a Green Lantern guy, like when someone says, "Yo, what do you recommend?" Isn't that like a tough thing? It's tough. I mean, I've gone to Jeff Johns every time someone tells me that. Yeah, but even that's a lot, though. It's a lot to handle. And if it's not, if if like weird space opera sci-fi isn't your thing, then it's not your thing. But this is a is a cop story above all, so it's a little easier to recommend. And the art is so good. The art is so good. I gotta just one more time specify how much I love the damn art in this book. 
Are you reading Far Sector Comic Fam? Are you interested in checking out a new Green Lantern title? Let I us would kind of actually be interested to know who is reading Far Sector already in the comments. I want to hear somebody be like, oh, I love that book. Like, because I get the impression that not many people are reading it. They should be, man. I'm I pretty sure John's Comics of Kids is reading it. I, don't, I think that much. But other than that, I don't know. I think it's just me. I think it's just me and John. All right. Prove them wrong, Comic Fam. Let me know in the comment section below. And let's chat about Batman, man. I mean, oh, back when uh, Tom King left the title and James Tinian started writing. Tinian. Yeah. People okay. started just critiquing to all hell Tom King. And dude, you come over here and you would defend Tom King over and over and over again. I don't you know if freaking, I'd go that far. Dude, you did. Every I time. Every single time, dude, we would talk about this. You'd be like, yeah, man, but I really like Tom King's run way better. The problem, again, we talked about this at the start of this video, is the way that uh, we both read comics. We like to wait a bit. And I'm I'm here I'm hearing every single week people complaining about Tom King's taking too slow or Tom King's doing a like <laughs> like ten issues of a dream sequence or something like that like Tom King's doing all these weird trippy things and I'm like sitting there just waiting for my issues to pile up and I know I'm gonna eventually go back and read them all they read a little better if you if you if you wait a bit and read them all at once I can just safely put that out there but I do think he didn't get enough credit I guess for his run and it's it's easier to see for me in retrospect when you look backwards well let's look back a little bit further than right. tom king right because okay. really in the last decade we've had really three major batman writers scott snyder tom king and now james tinian so when scott snyder came on the scene he's blowing people's minds you're literally yes. doing this with the comic book you're you're flipping it upside down you don't even know what you're like what's going on you, you don't even know some of the characters he's introducing you don't care it's amazing commissioner gordon is batman now and we're going to spend like a year in a flashback. Like Scott Snyder did some weird things with Batman. Good and bad. But Mostly by the good. time, he, exactly, I would agree too. By the time he was done, I feel like maybe that DC was feeling comfortable trying something a little different. Yeah. You know, a little new. And I think that's why we got the Tom King run. So I want to chat about the, you know, kind of like putting up against each other a little bit. But then I want to get into James Tinian's take on the Dark Knight. Because I, I love it, man. Right. I love both, but I'm easy to please. Sure, especially when it comes to Batman. That's right. So please explain yourself about Tom King because for me, I enjoyed it. I liked reading about Batman's relationship issues sure. and more stuff about what's kind of under the mask, really. There were some things that he did well. There were a lot of things that he did not so well. And I think maybe the not so well things got kind of overblown, if you ask me. When you, keep, when you read superhero comics particularly, you have to remember as I do, that these things are pretty much temporary. That if some if some writer you love takes over a comic you love, you better like enjoy it while it lasts because eventually that guy's going to move on. It's a new movie, basically. Some, some other writer is going to come on board and they're going to tell their story. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to move on. And it just it's just a cycle and it rotates. So if Tom King's stuff wasn't necessarily your cup of tea, then, you know, hold on because someone else is going gonna, is gonna to take over. With that in mind, I think it makes it a little easier to kind of tolerate things that may or may not be what you were expecting. And Tom King focused a lot on Batman's internal sure. struggles, I guess you could say, a lot of a lot of mental things that he was going through. And that's actually kind of a focus of Tom King as a writer. He wrote Heroes in Crisis, which was a comic that's basically just about post-traumatic stress and mental health issues all around. And I think that's pretty important. You know, that's a big issue. And it's important for art to kind of reflect issues like that. I see this change that we see between both of these authors is now perfect for comparison now that we are beginning the Joker War. 
Sure. The run of James Tiny and his takeover, the introduction of characters like Punchline, the designer, those comics, I didn't even realize it, but it was really a transition. I feel like sure. it was a transition to gear up for the for the writing that James wants to write. If anything, he was probably held back a little bit, as a lot of writers are with the past and having to deal with stuff. But it's a completely different run. It's a different take on Batman. I would argue that James Tinian's run is not different at all. And that's part of the reason. Oh, you're going back even further, though. I'm talking about Scott and, and King. You're saying compared to other Batman stories, this is kind of like back to this like feels, Batman 101. This feels to me like classic Batman. Sure. Batman versus the Joker. Joker's got a, you know, a fear toxin bomb that he's going to blow the city up with and Absolutely. everyone's going to fight Batman and he's got to save the day. Yep. Okay. A little safe, a little too safe it for you? It feels extremely safe. That's the one word that overridingly just describes this whole, what is it, 10 issues that he's done so far? Yep. Somewhere safe. Safe is the word that comes to mind. I, I, I can't blame him. I mean, I think Tom King had a 100-issue run planned, and then DC just kind of, I think, the numbers, you know, it's Batman. You know, if your Batman comic isn't performing well, then something's not right. And I don't think Tom King is necessarily for everyone. I liked it because it was different, and it tried new things, and there's a whole issue where he's spent in the back of a butcher shop, like, hung up while a crazy guy in a pig mask is, like, stabbing him. And he's sitting there thinking about, like, how do I escape? And the whole issue is tense, and it's scary. And that was a part of the high points of, of Tom King's run. And there were a lot of really strange, weird low points that you kind of have to take with. You know, it's all part of the mix. There's highs and there's lows. And to me, this is more mostly evens. Okay. And I would rather have the ride than something this safe. Well, I felt excited to read this run. I felt intrigued by the narrative that was being set up for us. Mm -hmm. However... I was reading Tom King's run faster at times. A lot more issues. I mean, 80 plus issues. But I was reading, like, those issues you're describing, I got through those quick, man. Oh, yeah. And I went to the next one and the next one. James Tinian is great. But as you said, it's very basic Batman, kind of going back to his roots a bit. You know, almost every issue he has a new I gadget. Don't, I don't hate everything. I don't, like, I got I to gotta. Oh, we'll get that. into what you like. There's a lot in here that I did oh, like. And let's I, well, that is one of them. Like, there's a lot of gadgetry that going on in these 10 issues the freaking shadow caster sure we yeah. got to talk about the shadow caster right Please, now okay right so now. james tiny and he's you know it's it's kind of back to basics now so i recommend if if the tom king run was was too much too how, much drama how spoilery are we getting because there was a certain event that happened near the end of the tom i king do run. not want to give away tom king's fine but i don't want to give away the reveals of batman because there are a couple like really cool reveals in this in, in the tiny stuff. In the tiny Can stuff. we talk about what happened at the oh, end? Oh yeah, of, like over yeah, like the death yeah. of Alfred. Absolutely. Okay, Dude, of that's course. it's been a while, but that is definitely the probably the thing I enjoy the most about this stuff now is seeing the ripple effects of that and how he's starting to like hallucinate Alfred's voice in his yeah, in his earpiece, man. And how he slipped up and he's called Lucius Alfred a few times. It's pretty Lucius cool. Lucius Fox, who is like his, he's always been like his tech guy. He's, he's his new Alfred now. He's now kind of taken over Alfred's job, but he's not as good. He's clearly admitting, like, I'm not good enough at, like, balancing all this. And now that Alfred's gone and some other guy is doing it, you're kind of like, oh, God, Alfred was cool. Yeah, Alfred like, did a lot. Man. Alfred did a lot. He rooted, dude. Ugh. But you know what? I like seeing all these gadgets because if you can't be Alfred, you can go the other direction and just Work equip with what him. you're good at. Yeah. So, dude, shadow casters. This is brilliant. I, I know you're just like, yeah, it's no big deal. But I love I, how I, excited you are about a shadow caster. Dude, That's... I just, I really like it. Okay. okay. So, so this is like little marbles, right? Like Fill the Batman. In. He, you know, like the shadow of the bat. 
Right. That's a thing, dude. That's Everyone's seen the shadow on the wall, you know, and the villains, when they see it, they're like, oh, shoot, something's bad. You know, something's lurking over there. Drop the money and just go. You know, well, this isn't just Batman trying to scare people. You know, this isn't just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm trying to give you something, a little foreshadowing of like, you're about to get your ass kicked. Shadowing? No, it's a little bit more than that because it's, it's all part of his offensive attack. These little marbles are like a projector. So all of these different bat silhouettes that you see on the wall in, in the comics, at least in this James Tinian run, and from here on out, hopefully they keep reusing this stuff, that's all mechanics. He's purposely casting a shadow on the wall so he can distract his enemies. That's cool. He's just going in there and dropping marble kind of stuff. I didn't think about that, but that would upset me if, if we see all these gadgets kind of introduced and not really followed through with because there's a lot like that one between that one and the gadget he gets that he can put on the hood of any car and it just transforms into like transforms, a Batmobile. dude i don't know how but it's cool see but see, you don't know how but it's cool that's how i feel about this every sure. time i read the book i'm like oh that's cool it's exciting it's that's different. exciting yeah. I, I, i'm pumped for this dude. it's felt like a while I, I haven't read a lot of batman but it's felt like a while since he's had just fun with like gadgets you know, that's a, that's a thing about mm-hmm. Batman that you don't really get a lot of lately, it feels like. So it's cool to see that be the focus. And I, I really like what they're doing with Lucius. There are some things that I think are done pretty damn cool. Character designs, man. Mm-hmm. Character designs are brilliant in this run. You know, you got Punchline being introduced, you know, kind of a, a, a new version of Harley Quinn who's a little bit more sadistic, doesn't so have I as read, much lightheartedness to her. Yeah, Punchline's kind of freaky. I was worried when I got up to the Punchline stuff that I would just be too cynical and, and I wouldn't like her. Like you I'm, be a, huh? I'm actually kind of kind of on board. Are like, you really? I'm not, I'm not obsessed with Punchline. I was not expecting that from you. But there were moments where I'm like, okay, you know, she's kind of freaky. She's a little scary. Comic like, fan, what do you think about Punchline? I want to know in the comment section below. Anna, did you read this run? I read a couple more issues than you did too. Um, yeah, I stopped right before Joker War because I, I wanted to finish it. I wanted to just have the transitional phase sure. to the start of the Joker War because this little section is kind of like an open shut part of Batman's life that now starts what is going to be a very difficult situation where his family's in danger, he has no money, yeah. and there's a lot of problems. You thought he was dealing with proposal issues? You ain't seen nothing yet didn't even talk about that the whole financial situation that bruce wayne is now in is probably it finishes out my top three things that i love most about this current run the story is him losing all of his money bruce right. wayne gets all of his money stolen by the joker which i think is genius and now bruce wayne has to just adapt and be a broke batman which is like that's his superpower he's rich and now we have a billionaire joker that's also just equally terrifying oh, in, a, in a different snap. way i mean so that, it, it's cool I, I i just i gotta say i don't if you take over Batman and not not the first thing you do, but you wait a few issues and then the first thing you do is a Joker story. See, I feel like when you were flipping that comic book upside down during Snyder's run, you were just like crapping your pants. What right. do you want? You want an origami out of the, out sure. of the comic book? Or do you want a Joker story? <laughs> I love the Joker, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm glad that there's all this Joker content to choose from. I'm really excited for three Jokers coming out, like yeah. I think next week or something. But... You know, I, give me a two-faced story. Give me give me the Court of Owls. Like, introduce something brand new and, like, freak me out in a whole different way. It was lacking a little bit. Give me some Victor Zaz, you know? Like, some the freaky, like, puppet guy. Like, there's a whole bunch of Batman stuff that I don't know. And and to just lead off with the Joker right away is, is an interesting choice, I will say. I love how empowered these characters are. I love the narrative of the designer. You're finding you out the flashbacks. Clown, the clown kid, the clown hunter kid. Not you haven't yet. met him yet. Okay, so I, I'm I'm glad to see that kid. I like I like his design. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. 
I do like the new characters that are introduced. It's starting to feel like there's maybe a little too many too quick. But with the, the, the designer, I really liked. And we're getting Punchline. And you got Clown Hunter. So we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how it all, how it all pans out. But um, it's growing on me. You know what's not growing on me? Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but Matina's cover is on this run. Yeah. I, I am slowly just not becoming a fan I'm as a, he I'm does I'm a variant more and more. person, and I am very much ready for Matina to get off. I'm, wa- I'm looking at all these covers that we have here. Clearly, one of them's an art drum cover because there's more than five colors included in the art. But the rest of them look the same, dude. They're very samey. And if you take any one of them and look at it, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's a cool book. But when you get a line of them all one by one and you realize they're... I want to see more variety, man. Yeah. It's just, this is such a big run. And it's Batman, dude. Let's get Batman. some different artists on here. Any, any other artists? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with Matina. There's a little bit of controversy there. But, I mean, I do like this cover. You know, the one with the Joker and the yeah, fire. The Joker one's dope, dude, dude, man. 95. These, this white one with Catwoman on it, I really like. There's, there's some good ones in here, but I think, honestly, it's, if, if it didn't have the numbers on top, it would be very difficult to tell which comic was which. The twist at the end in this run about a particular character, I'm not going to give it away, made it for me. And I know you disagreed. I think I know what you're talking about. You do. Okay. It's about, no. Yeah, don't tell them. Comic fam, we want you to read it. I think it's worth you reading because it's so such a short run. And if you're looking to get on board, start a Batman run fresh, this is a great place to start. The best place to start is when a new writer takes over because that's about as close to a starting point as you can ever get with a comic like Batman, unfortunately. I want to know from the comic fam, what do you think about this Batman run? I want to know what you thought about Deathstroke. I got mad respect for the dude after reading this short 10 issues. Yeah, I liked how he was included in here. It was a little, it was a little subtle, but it was good. Oh, it was really good. Comic fam, we're going to come back to this table to chat more about comics. So hit the subscribe button. You don't want to miss out. And slap that like button, too. Every week, right? We're doing a weekly pull show. Every week is the plan. Well, comics come out every Wednesday, there's Ryan. A, there's a lot of comics that come out every week, and you know we keep sitting on them and letting them build up like this. So <sighs> we got to... We're going to have to change how we read comics, I think. I think if we... If we keep this kind of format, you know, like one story that a lot of people are already reading and that we should talk about to participate, you know, got to participate in the discussion. But I think we should also be talking about books that maybe not enough people are reading or talking about, like Far Sector. So I think maybe if we can get some recommendations in the comments, that might be be a good good idea. That's a good idea, Ryan. Hit the like button while you're down there. Comment down below if you want to see us cover some random comics man you know i think that's pretty cool we can hear about what the community is reading and it may influence what we read i'm excited let us know comic fam want to hear from you don't forget to geek responsibly